Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hello, and welcome to this edition of World Weekly. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today we're looking at the political and economic crisis in Italy, still struggling to form a government amidst turmoil in the financial markets. Joining me on the line from Rome is our correspondent there, James Politi, and here in the studio is Miles Johnson, our capital markets editor. So James, we've had a pretty dramatic week in Italy. It looked like they were on the brink of forming a government between the two populist parties, and then the president pulled the rug out because he didn't like the look of the finance minister. So where are we now? Do you think we'll have an Italian government or are we heading to new elections? It's really hard to tell. It's kind of a toss-up. You know, there was another twist, which is that Five Star and the League began discussing rekindling their effort to form a government. There are going to be a lot of hurdles to that. And Carlo Cottarelli, who is the interim prime minister, technocratic prime minister that Mattarella drafted in on Monday after everything collapsed, put his plans on hold and is now sort of awaiting developments in the hope that Five Star and the League will get back to the table and finally hatch their deal. But there's still big divisions between the League and Five Star, mainly on the makeup of the government. And so I think it's probably more likely than not that this effort will fail and that there will be heading for new elections. The question is when. And Miles, we saw at the beginning of this week, the financial markets really take fright and Italian bond yields suddenly rising, which is very dangerous given the level of Italian debt. Why did they get scared? That's a very interesting question. I mean, to put this into perspective, the Italian two-year bond was trading at the same yield as the Spanish 30-year bond. And so this was effectively the market suddenly massively repricing Italian idiosyncratic risk, but at the same time, seemingly believing that this risk would not in any way damage the rest of the eurozone, which is a kind of an assumption that may well be challenged in the coming weeks. The thing that, as I understand it, specifically spooked the markets was the suggestion that the first effort at this coalition government were planning to put in a finance minister, an octogenarian finance minister, but perhaps more significantly, one who has toyed with the idea of taking Italy out of the euro. That is certainly the narrative. The narrative in the market is that investors reacted suddenly and unfavorably to this development There haven't been that many uh, large institutions who are overweight or specifically betting on Italian bonds this year. And so they've been quite thinly owned. So it means that what we saw yesterday was sort of maybe at the margins, at least from our conversations with market participants, sort of speculative activity driving quite severe price action without very large amounts actually being traded. But the narrative has very much been that investors reacted to this development. But it may also just be that this just allowed activity to occur for the first time in a while after kind of months of fairly placid and complacent trading. And James, I mean, how real do you think this prospect was? How much are Five Star and the League, two rather different parties, although we label them both populist, 
interested in actually taking Italy out of the euro? Well, in the past, certainly they have been both, to different extents, sort of stridently anti-euro. Matteo Salvini, the head of the league, has openly said that his intention was to take Italy out of the euro in the past. The Five Star has called for a referendum on Italy's membership of the single currency. Now, during the campaign, actually both parties really toned down their anti-euro rhetoric. What they did instead is they attacked uh, EU fiscal rules and EU regulations, but they kept their criticism of the single currency at bay. And then two weeks ago, when they drafted their common platform to govern the country, a few very troubling signs emerged, such as an early draft showed that they were proposing a path to um, exit the euro if necessary, and they proposed the cancellation of $250 billion of Italian debt that was held by the ECB. And I think that spooked the markets quite a lot. Now, one would have thought that after Sergio Mattarella the Italian president decided to quash the Eurosceptic finance minister, that the markets might have rallied on the back of that because of sort of the end of the threat. But actually, new elections might lead to an even greater majority for Five Star and the League. And so the genie was out of the bottle in a certain extent. And now I think that many investors would just settle for someone to take responsibility for the situation because Italy is completely drifting at the moment. Mm. One of the European commissioners suggested and then was slapped down for it for saying that, well, perhaps the market reaction was quite healthy in some ways and that it would teach Italians that even speculating about leaving the euro was a bad idea. Is that, do you think, a lesson that the electorate are likely to draw? I mean, are they going to take fright at the idea that you can talk about this kind of thing? Well, they might. I mean, there's a reason why Five Star and the League didn't campaign on a Euro exit, which is that Italians are increasingly Eurosceptic, but that Euroscepticism is actually, in a way, quite shallow. I mean, if you look at polling, people do not necessarily want to leave the Euro or leave the EU. And also, the sort of near panic that we saw on the two-year note, I think, had an impact on both Five Star and the League. Um, but especially on Five Star, who felt that they had a certain responsibility to try to give it another shot and try to see if they could form a government because they felt like ultimately the blame was going to be with them if everything sort of fell off the rails here. And Miles, I mean, how precarious is Italy's financial position? Because we've known that they've had this huge debt of like 130% of GDP for many, many years. Interest rates are very low. Do you think that they are at risk from a sudden turn in market sentiment? I think it's a very binary situation because as long as the ECB is there willing to buy Italian debt, then Italy will always be fine. Whereas if Italy were in some sort of theoretical future decide to leave the euro area or look like it was deciding to do that, then maybe the ECB would be less willing to step in. And so the precariousness of the situation is very much based on how the ECB will react. You know, there are some people who believe that um, this will be a quite severe test where the ECB will not be willing 
to show that if there were a so-called populist government in Rome, that it would blink first and that it would effectively let the market decide whatever the price should be for um, Italian borrowing costs and would be unwilling to step in and support that market. And so the really the role of the ECB is critical. A large amount of debt, as has already been mentioned, is owned by the ECB. And really, they are the whale in the market that will decide the fate of all Eurozone members at this point. And how long can the ECB just keep buying Italian debt? I mean, presumably, this is meant to be a short or medium term expedient. At some point, the Italians will have to rely on the market again, or is that wrong? Well, the so-called um, quantitative easing measures of the ECB are set to start winding down going into the latter half of this year. And so actually, the reemergence of stress in the European um, sovereign bond markets is coming at a particularly unhelpful time for the ECB, which is sort of emerging from this kind of radical palette of policies that they were adopting. And so, yes, it becomes increasingly politicised how you actually um, decide when to buy, what maturities to buy. The more technical aspects of that become very, very complicated. And just to round us off, James, I mean, give us a sense of what the political mood is in Italy now and, and is likely to be going forward. I was struck by how open there is, certainly on the Eurosceptic wing, openly sort of anti-German sentiment being expressed about Italy being bossed around and having to regain its sovereignty. Is that a common trope in debate now? Well, there has been. I mean, it's a very common talking point by the League in particular, which is the surging political party at the moment in Italy. Paolo Savona himself, the famous Eurosceptic finance minister who got quashed, had some uh, truly sort of Germanophobic lines in his comments on the problems of the Eurozone and Italy's relationship with Germany. And so you do hear that a lot. But besides that, you know, the mood is actually quite tense. I mean, Sunday night was a very sort of dark moment because the Five Star was calling for the impeachment of the president and calling for mass protests against the institutions and so I think that some commentators have even uh, made kind of certainly far-fetched comparisons to Russia in 1917 or Chile in 1973, which is vastly exaggerated. But it gives you the sense of uh, a country that's quite on edge from a political point of view. But last question then. You say on edge from a political point of view. I mean, obviously, the political class are in a mess and must be obsessed by all of this. But how much is it reflected in a kind of general public mood? Is Italy itself on edge? It's hard to tell. I mean, you haven't seen any big social tensions flare up. There aren't protests in front of the president's palace or on the streets. But things, I think, unfold a little bit differently now than they used to. I think a lot of the mobilization happens online, on social media. I think that's where the tension, I think, comes out. And you do see a lot of rage in those quarters. And I think that actually matters because it fuels the sort of populist forces. And in a way that's sort of slightly hidden because you don't see actually that many people on the streets. Okay, well, we'll watch the situation develop over the next few weeks and months. But for now, thank you very much indeed to James Politi in Rome and to Miles Johnson here in the studio in London. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover... 
who was their best mentor? What's a mistake they made that changed their approach? And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 